the language of the universe. But I don't understand it. Welcome back, everybody, to the Math and Physics Podcast. I'm your host, Parker. And I'm Ray, and we welcome you back to episode 36, where today we are actually talking about something that uh, we go through almost every day of our lives here in university, logic and proofs. So what we're going to be getting into today is not like too technical, because I know like a lot of people, especially us in first year, were super, That's, super scared of that proofs. That is very correct. So we're not going to get too technical, but we're just going to kind of help you guys understand the basic kind of language of mathematics and how logic and how these quantifiers and everything we're going to talk about today just help you, you know, understand math. That's right. And uh, the title of this video yep. is QED, right? And we're not talking about quantum electrodynamics. <laughs> no, no, we're not. No, we're not. <laughs> um, we are actually going to talk about um, proofs and logic, as we said. But QED, what does that mean? It means quod erat demonstratum. And if you didn't know... It's in Latin. Yeah, it's Latin. Latin. it's Latin and um, abbreviated to QED. Some people put that at the end of their proofs. It roughly translates to like quite easily demonstrated. Yeah, quite easily demonstrated. I, I knew it as quite easily done. So, I mean, I guess it's just it's, it's basically the same idea. It's just telling you that, yo, the proof is over and yeah. it was it was easy. It, 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 it's it's kind of like a, it's kind of <laughs> it, like a joke at this point. It's kind of a flex because yeah. <laughs> you, you say like, OK, I'm, I'm going to prove to you this. Yeah. I do the proof and then quite easily demonstrate it. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's, it's kind of like you're saying, yeah, this was a very easy proof. Yeah, but also you can put uh, mm -hmm. a little box, which is what I usually put, or you could put two, two lines, lines, two uh, mm -hmm. diagonal lines to show that the proof is over. Or I also write sometimes proof done. Just, yeah. you know, quite, quite simple. Any way to, to show, any way to show that the proof is done. That's is right. basically it. So yeah, that's where we get the QED from, name of the video. Just a small introduction. Yeah, so okay. the first thing we're going to talk about are sets. Sets, let's get into it. I, th I think sets is are basically the most like fundamental mm -hmm. uh, concept concept yeah, yeah. That, that you need to understand mm -hmm. and you know what what makes an element a part of a set. Yeah. And so we're just going to discuss that mm -hmm. right now. So mm -hmm. the first example we want to present. Or well, actually, before well, we yeah. yeah, before we get before into we that. really get into like examples and stuff of sets, just like understanding basically what they are, because I know like sets kind of has a mathematical term to it, mm -hmm. right? But at the end of the day, all they are is representations of events occurring. Right. I would right. say more like a group. A, a group. Okay. A, a, like similar like events. A, a collection mm -hmm. of objects, events, things, really yeah. anything. A, a set is just a collection of things. Of yeah. That's and before we get more mathematical mm -hmm. we can give an example of a set like for example i can say that um we have the set of all people such that they are police officers right okay so so this set is a collection of people mm -hmm. and to be allowed into this set you need to be a police officer right yeah so th that kind of gives you a basic understanding of what you know sets are because you you, you kind of need uh, a condition to be part of a set mm -hmm. and, and all sets the only way the reason they differ are obviously like the conditions being different and now we can also like sometimes talk about sets being part of other sets for example in the same example that parker just gave set of all police officers 
if we say the set of all chief of police officers, for example, like all of the chief police officers will be police officers, mm-hmm. right? So the set of chief police officers is in mathematics what we call a subset because the subset will be a, a smaller set of the bigger set, basically. That's right. the so, best way to put it. So um, formally, formally. Uh, when we say a subset, it basically means that every element in the subset is an element of the larger set, right? Mm-hmm. So, so the set of chief police officers is a subset of all police officers because every chief is a police officer, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? And so another, another uh, concept we can talk about is let's say we have the set of all people that have brown eyes. Okay, so mm-hmm. that's pretty simple. If you have brown eyes, you are a, an element of that set. Okay, and so we could talk about unions and intersections which, of which people with green eyes, for example. So let's say there's a set with uh, brown eye, uh, brown eyes, and there's another set with people with green eyes. So what is the similarity? What is the difference between them? Yeah, we can so, talk about that. So if you're if you're taking the union of two sets, you're basically just saying, well, we have the set of all people with brown eyes and green eyes all together in one set. Mm-hmm. We're mm-hmm. we're unifying those two sets together, but. If we take the intersection, we're just taking the common elements mm-hmm. in both of those sets. So, for example, if there was a person with one green eye and one brown eye, they would be an exactly. element of the brown eye set and the green eye exactly. set. So that person would be in the intersection mm-hmm. of and that set. And another way to think about intersections and unions are just with just with words. Because the easiest way to think about a union is to think about the word or. So if I say, if you have blue eyes or green eyes, mm-hmm. that means if you have blue, you're in. If you're green, you're in. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry, sorry. We were talking about brown. Sorry, not blue. <laughs> Br- uh, brown and green. Yeah. So if you have brown or if you have green, both in both cases, you will be within the union of the sets. But the intersection is another way of thinking of the word and. Right. Mm -hmm. So and in this case, as Parker just mentioned, if you have a brown and a green eye, now the only way for that to happen is one brown, one green. Right. So then whoever has that will be part of the intersection Mm -hmm. of those two sets. So there's a kind of like just mathematical terms for like kind of English statements at the end of the day. But we're really dancing around the mathematics of it. Yeah, we're, we're trying to yeah, we're trying sure. to really give examples that mm-hmm. like anybody can relate to, mm-hmm. right? So, um, moving on to the next really important topic is just sentential logic, mm-hmm. which we briefly mentioned in our previous episode when we were talking about proofs with yeah. Tom from Tom Rock's Math. Crazy episode, by the way. <laughs> Crazy Definitely episode. check it out. Yep. Um, basically, sentential logic is just about breaking down what every word means. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, you mentioned, right, the and, the yeah, or. or. the or. There are also, um, like, <laughs> phrases such as implications, like, like if something, then something, something else. else, right? So, so, if you are, let's say, let's say, a person. Okay. Then you are a mammal. <laughs> okay, okay, <laughs> right? sure. See, sure. so, 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 assuming that you're a person, that implies something else right yeah. and and we're not going to get too deep into the truth values of of some of some of these um premises mm-hmm. i guess we can say but um we can talk about the simple ones yeah for example if you're if your premise is um 
and we're going to talk about these these um, sentences as just letters, right? So P and Q. Yeah. Right. So let's say I, I know I I think I think that's a pretty good ground to start off yeah. with though the P and the Q because mm-hmm. whenever we're going to be mentioning the words P and Q in this podcast, I think from now on, yeah, we're basically talking about two separate events, two separate statements, right? right? Sentences like so two things happening. If we want to get more mathematical, we can say like, okay, we have a number that is greater than zero, yeah. okay? And so we can say P represents that condition, okay? So we have two different conditions, P and Q. And so let's say, okay, if I tell you P and Q, mm-hmm. if I'm telling the truth right now, that means that they are both true. Both true. They're both true. Because if I say, yes, P and Q, but P is false, then I'm not telling the truth because yeah. I, just, I just told you that, that but, I, I, I'm yeah. delivering P and Q, mm-hmm. but P is false. So the whole thing is false. For that to be true, they both have to be true. That's kind of the baseline. Okay. When we talk about P or Q, well, it doesn't matter if I give you one or the other or both, mm-hmm. as long as I give you something. Yeah. Right. If I, if I say, okay, I'm going to do P or Q, but I do neither of them. Oh, then that's problem. false, that's right? Because I'm just a liar in this case. <laughs> that's a problem. Okay? And this is a little <laughs> bit more complicated one, the implication, okay? So if I say, if P happens, then Q, Q will happens. happen, okay? Yeah. So if P is true, then automatically Q, Q, is, is Q has to be but true. But this is, once again, if, if the statement holds. If right. the statement, and this is actually when we talk about validity, and I think we're going to get into validity mm-hmm. a little bit right after this. Yeah, yeah. But if the statement is true, and if it is valid, then, yes, if the assumption is valid, if the assumption is also true, like if something, if that thing is true, then whatever it implies will also be true. Right. Because the statement is true in this and, case. And you, you have to be very careful when you analyze uh, sentences. Yeah. Because, because you can the 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 sentence can either be true or false and the the premises can either be true or false mm-hmm. as well and so what makes an and this is going to tie in really well to when we get to proofs yeah. right <laughs> because and this is also the reason why we're we're mentioning sentential mm-hmm. logic is because this is a very important phrase and actually this is the book that i preach all the time um, if you're watching this on YouTube, you can see this on your screen right now. It's called How to Prove It by Daniel J. Velleman. And if you're really interested in learning more about proofs and getting very into detail about the subject, I really recommend reading this. This is a second second edition. And so I'm just going to read a quick one, one, pa- one short passage from this. And so it says that an argument is valid if the premises cannot all be true without the conclusion being true as well. And this is I think a very powerful mm. sentence that can that can really make you think. Mm. And this is when we get into the validity of the mm-hmm. statement. And so yeah. if you if you're trying to prove something, you obviously need an argument. Yeah. You know, I say I say prove to me this, you need to come up with an argument that mm. will make me believe you beyond any reasonable yeah. doubt, right? So um what that sentence just said is that if I have an argument, I have premises, right? I, I say, I say, okay, for example, well, P and Q are true. Therefore, P is true. Okay. In this case, I only had one premise. So if that premise is true, but the conclusion is false, then that argument is completely invalid. Yeah. Right? Because, for example, I can say, I, I'm, I'm trying to prove to you that I went to school. Okay. Okay. 
And then I say, well, I went to the grocery store. Therefore, I went to school. That that is a completely, you know, <laughs> like the conclusion doesn't it, really follow it, from the premise. It's a ridiculous argument, right? Because <laughs> because it could be completely false that I went to school, but true that I went to the grocery store. But that argument makes absolutely yeah. zero sense. Yeah. So you got to make sure that that the 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 fact that you did go to school plays in with your mm-hmm. argument, mm-hmm. showing that you logically, you know, I can say that. I have a document, my diploma, showing that I went to school. Therefore, exactly. I went to school. Right. So, as basically the, the, I think the sum of all of this, to summarize most of this, is the idea is to for for an argument to be valid, it needs to you know ha- have certain conditions. The condition is the conclusion must follow from all the premises. Mm-hmm. You know, if the premises are like all haphazard, have nothing to do with each other, and you conclude something, that just makes no sense. And I think this is also a pretty famous quote. You can't assume less and conclude more, and I think we, I, I, and I think we can talk a little bit about that because assumptions also follow a pretty important role when we're proving mm-hmm. things, right? Because assumptions are kind of like the key of because whenever you're trying to prove anything, there has to be some baseline that you're starting off with, right? Like let's say you're trying to prove that you know x is some number or or the function behaves in a certain way mm-hmm. you have to assume something about the function the function's right. continuous or it's differentiable or something right. about the function must be assumed for you to make a conclusion right right because the conclusion will follow from a set number of assumptions and and what the quote i said before is let's say you're trying to prove something else like uh from what you just proved what what i was trying to say is you can't assume less and conclude more than what you had already done. And I think we can give an example of this when we talk about proof techniques and we, we get dive a little deeper into just proofs. Mm-hmm. But I think for now, we can just kind of say it at that and we'll definitely talk a little more about it. Though. Right, right. And mm-hmm. the example that you said, yeah. when, when you, let's say you're trying to show that a function behaves in a certain way. Like for example, even if you know nothing about proofs, right? Mm-hmm. If I say F is a function, prove to me that F is always positive. You know, from from the information that I gave you, there is no way for you to prove that F is is always positive. You need you need more information. And from those in from those assumptions, like let's say I tell you that um, the derivative is always positive. Okay, that's not enough. That's still not technically enough. That's that's not enough. I'm I'm, I'm admitting that. (laughs) But it's still more information that you can later use. Like, for Mm -hmm. example, if I give you even more information, the idea of the proof is to, first of all, you take what you know, you you try to dissect it, right? And, And you use the crucial information and the crucial points to show that, well, since... All of this information, it is automatically true mm-hmm. that that my conclusion is 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 true. Mm-hmm. So, and that's why I think proofs are very very crucial, very mm-hmm. fundamental for sure for for mathematics because yeah. mathematics is built off of axioms, and mm-hmm. everything beyond the 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 fundamental axioms are are just basically uh, theorems that have been proven from those those initial mm-hmm. conditions mm-hmm. yeah and i and i think like the really important part about proofs like i think the, just just the reason they're just so important in math is just because 
you can really because when you compute something in math, like even if you do a lot and a lot of practice, right? All you're doing is understanding, okay, I can solve this integral or I can solve this derivative or I can solve this equation, let's say using this method. But what does that tell you about the equation? Like you don't still know anything about what you're doing, mm -hmm. right? And like the, the, the effect of proving something, what I think, like for example, like there are some times when, you know, Parker and I are just, you know, like doing some work and we're just randomly proving things, just, you know, proving some work, proving some homework, stuff like that. And the, the, what, what that does is what I think at least that does is it kind of hits the point home where it really makes you understand what is happening when you're proving something mm -hmm. like instead of just computing the answer or just finalizing the answer, you're kind of really understanding what, like, for example, when you take an integral, like instead of just integrating it, you know, with the, with the formulae and everything that we yeah. learn, yeah. right. You know, instead of, we take like, you know, rectangles, we take individual <laughs> rectangles, we sum them up. Like, you know, you're, you're getting a better understanding of it with proofs. And I think that's like kind of where proofs are definitely very, very essential in yeah. math. And I think it was really interesting last year. I don't think we proved like Riemann integration. Riemann, no. But, but we, we went through we? like some, I think we were presented the proofs. Yes, I of believe. Like, I of believe like why, why Riemann integration works. Mm -hmm. And that mm -hmm. was definitely like seeing the mechanics behind what happens when you integrate a function like why is it when you write a squiggly line mm -hmm. it, it gives you the area under mm -hmm. under a curve right mm -hmm. like like well not necessarily the area the the i mean is it, it, is it, it the is. weighted area like it could be negative as well well yeah so, yeah technically yeah it can it depends not, on where it is in the it's graph the, it's the quote unquote area, area. because area unquote. can be negative but geometric yeah, geometric area cannot be negative exactly um exactly. right so this next little little segment is going to be more. I think we can still. Sorry, I think we can still continue a little bit more on just uh, just uh, logic and talking about special types of logic. Mm -hmm. For example, a tautology. So a tautology is a type of statement that always holds true, no matter what the premises, right? Like, I, I mean, I, I think no, I'm not getting no. the. It's like a tautology is basically. It can be a premises. Okay. But it's basically useless. <laughs> because because it is always true. Like so, basically, the conclusion is always true. Not necessarily. Or is it the premises always implies so the conclusion? If you remember that that sentence that I read, I said yeah. I said all the premises cannot they they cannot all be true without the conclusion also being, being true. true. But if the premises is always true, mm. then that means you're gonna get sometimes the conclusion is gonna be false, but the premises is still true because it's always true, mm -hmm. right? And so that's gonna be an invalid argument. For yeah. example, an, an example of a tautology is if I want to get a little bit more mathematical, mm -hmm. I can say, well, um, I either want an X that is greater or equal to zero or an X that is less than or equal to zero. That is always true. No matter what, what real number you pick, that is always going to be true. So using that as a premise is never going to give you any information because, mm -hmm. because that sentence is always true. All right. Similarly, we have contradictions, which are premises that are always false, which also don't help you, right? Like if I want an X that is always greater than one and is always uh, less than minus one, that is never going to happen. And so that premise is always going to be false. Mm -hmm. And sorry, I think I made a mistake when I was talking about tautologies. I said, I said one or the other. 
Yeah, you meant and. Oh no, no, that's right. No, I, never mind. I didn't. I didn't make a mistake because because okay. okay. the, the 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 and is for the contradiction and the or is for or the or is for the tautology. Right. Oh yeah, true, true, true. Yeah. So continuing a little bit more on logic, I think we can uh, talk about quantifiers. I think quantifiers are definitely something that we can yes talk a little bit about yes, today. Yes. So yeah. So quantifiers are quick throwback quick to first year. <laughs> yep. Um, I'm sure. We were absolutely making a fool out of ourselves oh, yeah. <laughs> while, we were, while we were dealing I with agree. our first unit in calculus, which mm-hmm. was logic and proofs. <laughs> no, I, I know the first one was... Yeah, it was logic, oh, with logic and proofs. Yeah, with logic and proofs. Yeah, yeah, true, true, true. And uh, true. I think quantifiers, without a, without a proper introduction, is... Um, hard to wrap your head around. Mm-hmm. But, you know, hopefully with our, with our little simple explanation... Uh, maybe maybe it'll be easier to understand. Yeah. Um, so we have like two global quantifiers. No, sorry. Global is the wrong word. Existential quantifiers, right? No, no, no. Global is <laughs> no, the for all existential. Yeah, existential is, is, is that they exist. Exactly. But I meant, yeah. I meant there are two like important ones. Yeah, two there, important. There is also a third one that we'll present briefly. But so the first one is for all and it is an upside down A. And then yeah. there is the existential quantifier, which is the there, there exists. exists and it's is, a backwards capital E. It's kind of like an E mirrored that's on right. itself yeah and so and so when you say for all um and then something like, like let's say for, for for all x but you you have to say for all something in something right, right. yeah yeah you also so, have to so specify let's say let's say for all x in the real numbers something right you you, you want to add a condition mm-hmm. right um that means that your the the following proof has to work for for any, any x that you pick mm-hmm. okay and this is where the language kind of becomes yeah. a little complicated because when we say for all and for any definitely it, it, it is it is the same thing it We're, sounds different i know because the first time i heard it i was yeah. very 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 confused because yeah. for all sounds like it works for every single one of them right and for any it just sounds again it just sounds like yeah. it'll work for any one mm-hmm. you know but at the end of the day, they mean the exact same thing. Yeah. Because even for any, but the, the idea behind yeah. that is you pick any X, yeah. any number, and it'll work. That means technically in mathematical terms, it should work for all of them. And so right? that's kind of just a way to say it. What what I think about yeah. when we when we do like a for all statement, mm-hmm. I think about picking an X and then showing that whatever is true. Mm-hmm. And then and then all right, okay, sorry, the the video just cut out, but yep, sorry. we're we're, we're back. <laughs> we're back. We're back. Um Okay, so where were we? We were okay, talking yeah, about, we were talking about the for all. Yeah. Right? Um wait, is it recording? I believe yeah, it so. Yeah, it is recording. Okay. <clears throat> so we were talking about the the for all uh quantifier. So what I think about is you you pick one, mm-hmm. but well, this is not No, no, no. <laughs> you don't pick one. No, no. I mean I I, I meant you you pick one, but it 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 represents the whole yeah the I, whole the set, whole thing right and mm. and remember the the element when you say for all elements it has to be in a set yeah right so yeah. if i say if i say for all x in the real numbers then what you're going to prove has to work for any x in the real numbers so well, basically any real number so when yeah. you when you start your proof the first thing you should say is just well let x be a real number mm-hmm. and then from from in you also use that as an assumption 
right? Yeah, um, yeah. And then is, that's where assumptions again right? come into which, which, which is a piece of information that you could use at any point in exactly. your proof. And let's say, for example, you're trying to prove that um, you're, you're trying to prove something for all x in the positive natural numbers. Okay. Then you can you can use the <clears throat> fact that well you know that x is never neg never negative mm -hmm. and also x is always an integer. Mm -hmm. it, it's never going to be a uh, rational number. Rational number. Um, so yeah, I don't think we're gonna get too technical into, the, yeah. into what to do mm -hmm. after that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but what I think we can definitely touch up on is the other quantifier, definitely the existential quantifier, which is there exists. So just like just like we were talking about a for all. So for example, if we say for all x in real numbers, that means we're taking any real number, and this should work. But the other quantifier that we were talking about today is that there exists. So there exists. Let's say we say there exists an X in the real numbers. So what that means is that the statement that follows that there exists. So usually the way we write it in math, again, this is just math lingo. We do there exists an X in something such that something else. Mm -hmm. The such that is very mathematical, very important when you're writing a mathematical statement. Like you will literally, like we got marks deducted because okay. we did not include a such that. So that it's in fact correct. It's it's that it's it's definitely an important uh, part to your statement. But basically, the idea is the there exists quantifier means that there is simply one number in all of these numbers or one value that it can work for. That's right. I'm not saying it w I'm can work for. So essentially, it has to work for at least at least one value. Can yeah. So there could be an mm -hmm. infinite amount of values that work, mm -hmm. but the point of your proof is just to pick one value that works and show that, that the that, that, that the condition is being satisfied or mm -hmm. whatever you're trying to do. Um, the important thing to note is that it is not unique. There can be there can be two. There mm -hmm. just there, there at least there can't be one. zero. Can't be zero. That's that's the main idea. At least one number such that this statement holds, mm -hmm. right? And notice how I said um, it doesn't have to be unique. And that is kind of the, the third quantifier. Mm -hmm. And it's the existence and uniqueness quantifier. And it's, uh, it's a there exists, so backwards capital E with an exclamation point. And what that means is that there is one element and only one element mm -hmm. that satisfies the condition. So if you can find two elements that satisfy the condition, then your 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 whole your whole thing is false. Mm -hmm. If I if I say there is one number that can be divided by three, okay. but I, I I say well six can be divided by three and nine is, can be divided by three. So obviously my my can be divided by three is a wrong thing to say because every every number can be divided okay by three. okay it returns a whole number okay, re yeah, returns sure. a whole number when divided by sure, three sure. there are a lot of numbers yeah but basically yeah that, that that's the that's the point of it or i think the way to say it is three divides that number three divides that right. number that's a better way to um, say it yeah so since there's more than one then automatically my mm -hmm. my statement was false mm -hmm. um mixing quantifiers mixing quantifiers this For is all and there exists in the same statement. So also, also really quick though, but before we get into this, uh, I think the easiest way to think about these quantifiers, like for all and there exists, is just to say it in English. Yeah. Like at the end of the day, if you say it, and if you really understand what the statement is trying to say, a lot of times, like it'll just make sense. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, some statements that like, for example, we're actually going to give two examples that I think are pretty important. Mm -hmm. And if you really understand quantifiers, 
Like you'll be able to immediately deduce what the answer is. Yeah, immediately. Definitely. But you know, if you don't, you'll definitely have a time to think about it. But I think it's a, it's quite important. Yeah. So, and yeah. we're just gonna touch on these examples briefly because it would really help to write it down mm -hmm. and look for at sure. it for yourself. So we're not gonna really just talk about it until yeah. <laughs> until yeah. we we feel like everybody understands. <laughs> we're just gonna mention it and then hopefully you know you can go home. Research it a bit. Try it out yeah. on your own yeah. if you if you feel so inclined. But the first example is that, okay, for all x in the real numbers, there exists a y in the real numbers such that x is greater than y. Now let's 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 decompose that a little bit. Okay. So okay. I said for all x in the real numbers, this means that for any real number that you pick, mm -hmm. okay, it could be <coughs> one million, it could be negative pi, okay? Yeah. It could be anything. For any, there exists a different or possibly different number. It could be the same. A y. Some it's kind just, of y. It's just some number y in the real numbers. And what I'm trying to show is that x is greater than that y. Mm -hmm. Now, that is true. And it can be proven pretty, pretty easily, mm -hmm. actually. But so the first thing you want to do is say, well, okay, just let x be a real number. And then you want to pick a y, a y that works for that x now so, that can be yeah. kind of confusing <clears throat> mm -hmm. because in your head you might think okay well there's not one single y that can be less than every single x mm -hmm. and we will get to that line of thought yeah, yeah. we're gonna after get to this example but remember what i said when we're dealing with the for all quantifier when you're dealing with the for all quantifier you 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 pick an arbitrary x and then when you're saying for all x there exists one y you pick one y that is convenient for you. Exactly. Right? You, exactly. you, you pick a y that, that has to do with your x. So, for, for example, example yeah, the, easiest, here, the easiest Here's way. a good example. If I pick y to equal x minus 1. Easiest example. Right? So, this works, right? For, for example, if I say x is equal to 100, that means y is equal to 99. Mm -hmm. In that case, x is greater than y. Yeah. Right? And... You know, have a have mm -hmm. have a field day with it. Pick, <laughs> pick any 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 number you want. Yeah. The y that I chose shows that there exists a number that will always be Smaller. less than yeah. any number you pick. Because in quantifiers, a very important thing, and we're gonna I think really get the point home with the next statement. But uh, one really important thing with quantifiers is the order yeah. of the quantifiers. Yeah. So in this case, as Parker mentioned, it was for all x there exists a y. That means for any x that I choose, there's a y that's smaller than the x. Well, yeah, obviously. Like, you see, if you put it in terms of English, it's so obviously true. Mm -hmm. Like for all numbers, there's... For, so for any number, for any number that I choose, there's a number smaller than it. That's basically what it's saying, mm -hmm. which is so so obviously true. Yeah. But once again, if you put it in terms of the, the mathematical statements, you mm -hmm. can definitely get confused. Yeah. And so the... Yeah. The other example... Yeah, this is where... I, I think the other example is a lot more interesting. Right, right. Where it says, there exists a Y, or we can do X. There exists an X in the real numbers, such that for all Y, right, X is greater than Y. And it's implied that Y is in the real numbers. Yeah, Y is in the real numbers. So if there exists an X in the real numbers, such that for all Y in the real numbers, X is greater than Y. Now, quick notice... We switch the two quantifiers. That's right. Instead of for all there exists, it's now there exists for all. So let's, 
And so let's break this down. Yeah, let's if you remember what I said about the existential quantifier, you're trying to show that there is at least one value. So mm -hmm. you can say, okay, let y equal this, okay? And and then show the rest mm -hmm. of the sentence, okay? And just a little spoiler alert, this is this is not true. It's false. Okay? It is completely false. And the reasoning is because English. if, if yeah. you if you if you set one value mm -hmm. for y, you say, okay, let's say y is equal to five. We're trying to show that five is greater than every single, every single number. One. Yep. Right? Notice how the order changes everything. Yep. Before we said any number you pick, there is one number associated to that that is always going to be less than that. Mm -hmm. That that is that is quite trivial, right? Now we switch the order and we say there is one single number that is greater than all the other numbers, which, which is which clearly is, false, which is impossible. You, yeah. you can pick 10 billion, you know, 10 billion and one. There's always some one. number that's right? bigger than another number. Right? And yeah, I really want to touch on proof techniques now because yeah, to I, be honest, we're really yeah, we're 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 so excited about what we're talking yeah. <laughs> about now. We definitely want to talk about proof. Okay, techniques. so I I will show you how to prove that that is false, and <laughs> mm -hmm. it, and it is quite quite easy. Okay, so showing that it's false, what you can do is show that the opposite is true. Because if you say, well, um, for example, I want to show that x is positive yeah if i show that x is not negative then i show if that x, x is positive, positive right yeah. so if i want to show that there there can't exist one number that is greater than all numbers mm -hmm. well i do the opposite right so you just kind of so I, so the opposite is kind of with a with a quantifier is switching the for all to there exists and there exists the for all so that's basically the idea so in the negation in this case right the negation of the statement if uh, or a statement filled with quantifiers is just going to be switching up the quantifiers. Mm -hmm. Now, obviously, it's a lot. It's, it's it is more complicated than that. It's not just that. Yeah. But for the example that we're giving, that y is just greater than x, or x is greater than y, you can just switch it, and statements technically still holds. So you switch the quantifiers, and when you switch the quantifiers, that's exactly the example that we gave before in in, in yeah. the beginning, and we the for all there exists. Yeah, we, we showed you guys the logic as to why that's true, <laughs> and so you showed that well. The opposite is true, which means that it's impossible that the original statement yes. can, can also, also be, be true. true. So exactly. that's how you would prove a, a negative yeah. in, in, mm -hmm. uh, a negation. negation. A negation. Right. Yeah. So I, I think just understanding quantifiers is a very important key to understanding the language of math. Mm -hmm. Right. Because like once you can read quantifiers and once you can understand quantifiers, like, I'm not even joking. There are some problem sets that obviously, like, or for like some homework that we have that has a lot of these quantifiers. And obviously, if we had not studied this in the first year, I don't know where we would be right now. No, I don't know where we would be impossible. right now. But we're reading these statements and we're just, you know, we're understanding what the statements are saying on the first read. Like, that's the idea. Mm -hmm. That it, it, it gives you the ability to, to understand, read and understand math. And I think that's the most, most powerful ability. And, uh... Have. I also feel bad for a lot of people because if you if you don't know at U of T there are basically three streams of mathematics. Mm -hmm. There's the computational, half computational, half proofs, and then just the full proofs. Analysis, analysis, full analysis course. Full analysis. And so Rehan and I are both in um, the half, half computations, half proofs. But there are people that in first year were in the computation stream and then bumped up yep. to the proofs. 
slash computer. So they had never seen a quantifier. They had mm. never seen connect. Like they had never really seen if then statements. Yeah. Like yeah. That's right. They they've never seen any any of this mm-hmm. sentential logic yeah, yeah. and proof things that that we're talking yeah, about mm-hmm. in this podcast. And I would I can't imagine being in that situation. Oh no. The. I think the level at which we are dealing with these mathematical statements is way beyond uh, a beginner level. Mm-hmm. For which, sure. Oh, for sure. For which sure. is which is what you would be coming into. If you just did the computation. <laughs> if you did sure. the computational streams. Because so. I think, to be honest, like proofs is is literally a different... Yeah. It's 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 a different thing yeah. than computations, because comp like you can be good at computations and just be terrible at proofs, or mm-hmm. the other way around, you know. Because a lot of people, or okay, I, mean, I, 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 think, okay, yeah. I guess you can't really be the, okay. The yeah. other way around, you can't. <laughs> if you're good at proofs, you're probably good at computations. That's actually true. Yeah. But you can definitely be good at computations and be bad at proofs. Yeah. Definitely people yeah. like that, you know. And I think thing the thing about proofs is kind of similar to computations, where if you just practice it more, yeah, you just get better. Yeah, and. You can be bad at proofs, but it's not because you're just inherently bad at oh, proofs. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's just because it's a whole other language that isn't presented. <laughs> exactly. To high school students. Exactly. And I, I, in my opinion, was very poorly presented mm-hmm. to us in first year. Mm-hmm. We were kind of just thrown into into the pool. Yeah, that, I mean, that's why, to be honest, like going into a bigger picture, that's why I think nobody can really be bad at math. Because it's like you're bad at Spanish or you're bad yeah. at French. Like you, you can't be bad at a language. You just don't know the language well enough yet. Yeah. Like you just gotta have to learn the language. That's all. Yeah. Like it's that that that's basically the idea behind it. So briefly, right. yeah. I just wanna briefly go over uh other proof techniques based on uh the 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 nature of the of the statement the, the, the of, statement of, you're trying to prove. Yeah. Right. So if you're trying to prove something that is P and Q, mm-hmm. basically you just need to show that both of them are true. Yeah. Because Right, as I said before, if 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 one of them is false, then P and Q is false. So if you're doing P and Q, show both of them are true. Boom, proof done. Proof done. If you're trying to do a P or Q, then you just need to show that uh, either prove that P is true, case one, and then case two, show that Q is true. And so when you put those together, P or Q mm-hmm. is either true at one time or the other. Or the other. Or you can assume that P is false and show that Q is true. Because if you think about it, that is the necessary condition for that statement to be true. If if one of them is false, the other has to be true. Or if the other is false, the first one has to be true. Mm-hmm. So that you can, you can do that. If your statement is just P, you're trying to show one thing. What you can do is assume it's false and show a contradiction. Yeah. For example... Um, contradictions are actually very helpful in math because this because because the thing with proving something to be true is that you must prove that it exists for any like for oh I I I mean I guess it completely depends on what what the statement says but if you're trying to prove something is true you have to prove that it holds for any variable chosen but if you're trying to prove a contradiction you just have to show that it doesn't work for just one example well that. If you're trying to prove a contradiction, that like like a counterexample, right? Yeah, like like right. a like if you're trying to show right. that this proof is just false, like I mean, the easiest way to show that a statement is false is just by proving one counterexample, right? Right. Because if a statement has one counterexample, no matter how good the statement is, even if it works for every single th- th- thing that you can think of, 
if there's one example that it doesn't work for it's false and that's so that's yeah. a very powerful yeah it's a very uh, powerful tool, tool that you can use because sometimes mm-hmm. your your statements can be very general yeah. and it could seem like very very difficult to show that it's false but if you just say well okay i can think of one example and that example doesn't work then automatically boom exactly you sh- you you've shown that the whole thing crumbles mm-hmm. under that mm-hmm. one counter example exactly um other than that oh yeah the if then statement oh yeah that's an important one if then the assumption you just assume that if is true and show the then is true mm-hmm. right so use the information in the if which is called the hypothesis no i saw the hypothesis uh, the it's conclusion if- if something, then something else. Isn't it just... Isn't it hypothesis, conclusion? That's why hypothesis means something su- else. Supposition. <laughs> okay, I, I, I think we're both Whatever. confused. Sorry. Whatever. It doesn't matter. Just the, the, the first statement, you assume that. You use the information in that statement to show that the conclusion is... Or the implication is true. Mm-hmm. I think I think we're getting confused with... Uh, yeah, sorry. Parker was right. It is hypothesis followed by a conclusion. Sorry, okay. I was wrong. I thought it was... I don't know why I thought hypothesis was maybe something else, but yeah. Mm-hmm. So if hypothesis, then condition, that's the idea. And yeah. And, and that, and I think you already said, yes. Assuming the if part, assuming the hypothesis. Because conclusion. Yeah. Conclusion. Not con- condition. You said condition. Oh, sorry. Conclusion. I meant conclusion. Sorry. Not yeah. condition. <laughs> okay. Um, also, there's another way. Um, I think this is a little beyond the scope of this podcast, but to show a, mm-hmm. an implication, you can also um, prove a P- or uh, not q or not q yeah no p Im- so p implies q is p or not, not q, q. Hmm. you can show that and then you could use the techniques to show an or statement yeah but i'm not that's gonna, a little that, that's yeah. just a little i'm not gonna explain mm-hmm. why mm-hmm. <laughs> um, some something that i'm kind of uh, i think we kind of forgot to get to is the compliment and the the idea behind compliments i think we can we can do another we can maybe do another one because i because because i was thinking of because yeah. i mean we're both looking at like the stuff where uh we have to talk about today and we have so much more stuff than we could get through. Cause I mean, I think this is a pretty, pretty cool topic to talk about, especially for people who, you know, say that, Hey, I'm in high school and I know that I'm going to be dealing with proof soon because I'm interested in math and physics. Cause, cause a lot of people like that email us, but they're in high school and they have no idea what this is. So we're just trying to, you know, help Mm -hmm. you guys out. And I think it's, I I mean, I think we would have benefited from, you know, especially a book like that, how to prove it. If I would have had Wonderful this resource book. in high school, I would have loved my life <laughs> in first year. <laughs> For sure. It's, it's definitely a very, very helpful book. Yeah. So, you know, just like small things like this definitely help you get through your uh, first mathematics year. Yeah, so I'll definitely yeah. link where you can buy this book mm-hmm. in the description. Yep. And um, yeah, I guess we're already at 43 minutes. So we're going to end yeah. it off here. We're going to end it off here. So... Yeah, this has been episode number 36, live podcast. Yep. Make sure to watch on. I don't even think we mentioned this in the beginning. Yeah, I was actually. Okay, so we were five minutes in and I was thinking about it and I'm like, we didn't mention that this is that this is a YouTube video. So I don't know if people are going to know, but okay, so I guess I guess we can kind of just. Yeah, I mean, it's fine. It's fine. We're going to just follow us on Instagram where we will let you guys know that this is a youtube video of mm-hmm. uh, this is being recorded live yep and uh we always love the live podcast we love them we love great them. experience um 
Yeah, follow us on Instagram at math.physics.podcast. Email uoft.math.physics at gmail.com. Yep. Um, follow us on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, on Any YouTube. platform. Any platform. The platform that you're using, follow us on there. That is that is, that is absolutely correct. Yep. <laughs> so this has been episode number 36 of the Math and Physics Podcast. I'm your host, Parker. And I'm Ray. And we will see you soon. See ya.